Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wanting Show Report Podcast. Episode 105. I'm Benjamin Yoder here to ta- t- t- today to talk to you about video games. But no news about video games, actually. I actually went through the uh, uh, news this week. It didn't seem anything really of note for me. I mean, there's always like big game news happening, like with, uh, you know, Sony and Microsoft being like, handshake, we're going to do cloud things. But I don't really have any thoughts on that, to be honest. Um, so, or at least nothing that I don't think anyone else has already said. So, so I think we're going we're gonna to skip on the news this week. Although there is a, um, a weekend quick hit post up. Uh, on the website, if you're if you're interested in seeing what I did look at this weekend, um, mostly just uh just some random games, um, also like some uh, phone app. I think it's called like Make S or something like that. It's a I always think it's a Capcom phone app, but it's not. It's a it's some other random company. I think it's because uh, Capcom also has like this very like. Uh, here's this handsome boy, like sit and stare in, in the center of your screen. You interact with them. Make us is like a, a app app thing where it's like you are not app thing, but like a, like a, a personal assistant tool or something where uh, Capcom's thing is more of a, like a dating game. I forget, I forget the name of that, that Capcom game, but anyways, that's in that post. If you want to go see that on the website, but otherwise I've just been playing a lot of video games. I actually have a lot of updates because I recorded so early last week um, when I, I recorded on a Friday. Um, I actually ended up doing a lot last weekend. Uh, I spent a lot more time with, uh, Stra- Travis Strikes Again. Well, a lot more time. I, I got, I got like three or four, uh, levels further in. And, uh, I, I can't remember if I, I talked about this before, but my, my concern was that I was pretty much going to be the opposite of everyone where I was like, oh, the beginning of that game is great. And, uh, as time goes on, I actually kind of like the game less. I mean, it's still, I'm still really enjoying it, but, um, but I think uh, the beginning is, is kind of the, the peak of that game so far where everyone else seems to think the opposite. We're like, oh, the beginning is really bad. Um, I like the variety at the beginning of, of No More Hero or Travis Strikes Again. That, that first level has a lot of stuff going on in terms of like aesthetic design of the stages. And, and it does switch between, um, um, quite a different style, quite a, quite a handful of different styles, at least visually, uh, on that first level. And then the levels after that, are a bit more subdued. They do they do have like multiple environments as well. One's like has a uh, like a neighborhood you're running around, and then you go in the houses in the in the neighborhood, and so the houses are kind of like the other area. And then the uh, there's like a side scrolling level that takes place in like a mansion, and uh, you get teleported to I think like a, a forest and a desert. But um, but uh, I think I think the, there's a lot more of a theme to the levels where the first one is a lot more obtuse, I guess. Um, uh, or at least like the, the, the parts don't seem like they, they match up as much. And I kind of liked that, that stark difference between going from like a weird warehouse district to like a, an electric, like, uh, you know, city street to, to just some weird magic tunnel looking thing. Um, um, so it's, 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 there's not as much variety in the later levels I feel like so far, but I'm still really enjoying it. Um, I, I do think that the writing is just still, it just kind of undermines itself over and over again. It's again, it's very light, so it's not like a big deal, but to just constantly complain about how much text is on screen when there's not that much text on screen, honestly, there's not a lot of reading going on except for the very first visual novel segment is kind of long, but, but then they like, from there, they're just like still complaining about how much text there is like, Oh, this is an action game. There shouldn't be so much text, but it's like, 
there's not that much text. I, I don't I don't understand. Anyways, um, but I am really enjoying it. I think I'm still still in the, the camp that I think a lot of the gameplay comes down to the movement of Travis and how he moves between enemy and enemy. And I still think the light attack is kind of like a, a garbage way to play that game. I, I'm still very much focusing on heavy attacks with the exception of... Um, yeah, I, I still treat light attacks basically as a free attack. So if I happen to be running by an enemy, I'll hit them with a light attack, but I'm not going to commit and like sit there and run around in circles with them with a light attack. Um, so it's it's more like a pass by hit kind of thing rather than a than a I'm going to take this foe down using the light attack. So so yeah, played Travis Strikes again, and I ended up playing some uh, some EDF two Invaders from Planet Space. Um, I had a friend who was like, hey. Uh, what if we got the new EDF? And I was like, hey, we, we already bought EDF 2 Invaders from Planet Space on the Vita and never played it. So let's, let's just play that instead. So we played like a good 20, 20, 30 missions of that. I think it's like a 78, uh, 80 missions long. And it's, it's actually a port of the, I think the second game on PS2. Uh, I'm actually not sure how the EDF lineage goes, because I know I know the original ones on PS2, EDF and EDF2 are PS2 games. Then there's that Xbox 360 one, and I don't know if that one is a port of one of those games, or if it's like a unique title. Uh, but I remember that one being like the first really big one in America that really took off. Um, um, but yeah, this is a port of EDF2 for the PS2 for the Vita. Um, I was surprised how well it runs. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised how well a PS2 game runs on a Vita. It definitely gets choppy at times. It's still EDF in, in the le level of like, hey, there's like 70 ants burrowing down this tunnel at your face and you're shooting rockets into them and everything is exploding and the frame rate's just dropping down to barely anything. But it never felt like on EDF4 levels of unplayable. EDF4 gets really bad. Like, I feel like the resting state of EDF4 is like is like 10 frames per second and then it just gets worse from there on PS3 that is uh, I imagine the later versions probably run a lot better um but but this one this one runs smoothly I would say 90% of the time and then once in a while something goes bad uh in terms of like how how the frame rate goes usually in the underground levels actually I, you would think not so much because the tunnels are you know you know block off the view from the other areas but i'm going to guess like maybe the entire tunnel environment is loaded in a way that is um that is not like they're not like like if it if you can't see a tunnel i think it's probably still loaded to some extent so it might be causing it to like bog things down cuz it take too much time to sit there and like figure out how to coal the 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 tunnel so i don't know can't say for sure if that's how it works i don't know anything about edf and how they're handling stuff te technically but uh i did i did notice that that game overall ran better um it's still fun it's still like it's it's kind of crazy cuz I, I i played edf uh insect armageddon i think it's called first and then also which is probably the most different but i was also a western developer rather than a japanese developer and I played EDF4, and I would expect more of a change between going from EDF4 back to EDF2. And uh, no, it's basically the same game, <laughs> uh, right down to a lot of the maps are exactly the same. Um, I still play as the Valkyrie, though, who's like the flying class. I, I really don't understand how you move in an EDF game. Uh, without that flying class. I mean, I, there's the guy with the vehicle, but it just takes like 30 billion years to run anywhere um, in, in EDF. I, I, I just don't understand. I should, I should probably, I should play a soldier class through and really figure that stuff out because um, I, if I do play EDF in the future, I probably just shouldn't be the Valkyrie class again or whatever they're called, the flying class. Um, 
I like I like it, but you know, more weapon variety will probably always be better for me. Um, but I never I never finished EDF four, and I never finished EDF Insect Armageddon for various reasons. Usually, it's because the other person I was playing with dropped out um, uh, earlier on. EDF Insect Armageddon I actually played on PlayStation Now, and uh, in order to have a second player in that game, they have to sign in with a PlayStation account, and on PlayStation Now, you can't do that, or at least back then, you couldn't. Or we couldn't figure it out at the very least. And so all progress was lost as soon as we finished the game because I didn't have an account associated with my uh, my character. So so when we turned the game off and came back to play it, you know, it was just like, hey, you want to go back to round one, level one? Then oh, the second player has none of his equipment anymore. And it was just like, dang, that was uh, that, that pretty much killed our momentum on that game. So I like EDF a lot. Um, I don't know if I would ever commit long term if I ever like, you know, sat down and, and fully played through one, how often I would want to actually do that. I think I'd rather go after something like Onichambara, uh, Bikini Zombie Slayer or something like that, you know, something something a bit different. I need to play an Onichambara game eventually. I really like Schoolgirl Zombie Hunters, which is kind of like a, um, it has like some very light ties to Onichambara, um, although it's 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 pretty different um but i think there's like some character ties and and i think it to some extent probably started as a game like what if odi chambara was a third person shooter kind of thing um but yeah I, I should play one of those ones i don't i don't know which one would be the best one to do at this point probably just the latest if it's anything like edf and just like they just keep building on the original release just keep doing the same levels and everything that's it's probably for the best and i'm gonna guess the wii one has motion controls which for a hack and slash game i don't know if i'd want to mess with that i don't know we'll see i i it's, it's not a high priority of mine to play one of those games but i would like to check one out eventually i just don't haven't bought one or or own one and for me buying the game is half the battle the second half of the battle is taking that game off my shelf and actually playing it usually i feel like i'm generally pretty good that once i take a game off my shelf i'm i'm pretty good to finish it um it it and if i don't finish a game it, it really lingers on me that's kind of why i'm doing resident evil 7 right now on stream because like resident evil 7 is a game that still just lingers around in my mind and it's just like i want to i want to see it through i want to finish it i want to know either you know why i don't like it why i like it or 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 find find a reason to like it or at least appreciate why other people like it um so speaking of resident evil 7 stream uh this this week as well so that's up on the website too um i so so in my ongoing chronicles of trying to figure out why i don't like resident evil 7 very much uh, i think I, I may have mentioned on the podcast last week but i think part of it is the movement I think you just don't have a lot of good movement options in that game, uh, which is particularly annoying with Daddy. Um, I got to in the stream. I got to the second part portion, and and the the second boss person doesn't seem to be nearly as persistent in tracking you down. Um, so it seems a lot to be a lot easier to just kind of get away if you want to. Um, so. So I went ahead and um and, and played through most of that second portion. I don't think I've technically finished that portion of it. Maybe I'm I'm I think I'm towards the end of it. Um, but I, I did get some help helpful tips during chat during the 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 run. Um, and so or that that playthrough. And so it also makes me wonder if maybe that game just isn't particularly good at communicating information. I actually stopped at where. Uh, last time when I was when I was playing through it just on my own, I actually stopped at the point that I was on the stream because I got really frustrated in this house of bugs because I didn't really understand like how to navigate through this environment. And this is kind of a problem with this game in general I have where it's just like um, 
they they you know you have limited resources, but I feel like they don't give you the tools to effectively maintain those resources sometimes like like sometimes you just start getting hit by things and it feels like a huge waste of your resources like you felt like you did something wrong but sometimes just that's just how it's gonna be like there's a part where you like you have to run by this bug nest to get past and it's just like you're gonna take damage no matter what but because you have limited resources it feels like a waste to take damage that way i don't know maybe maybe if you're good enough you could really like figure it out but but I never was able to when I was playing it, and uh, I didn't ever create the flamethrower or whatever need to burn those those bugs. I think I never got to the point where um I was able to to put it together and then get the the flame thing. So so this time I got the flamethrower, which is apparently the answer to most of that dun or that dungeon uh, that house you're doing. It is kind of like dungeons actually, how they they break up the environments. Um, but uh, which is yeah, basically just burn all the bugs, and then once you burn them, they're pretty much out of your out of your hair for the most part. Um, um, so yeah, I just, I just sometimes wonder, like, I, I feel like sometimes I get to a place and I don't really know what to do. And I don't know if the game really does a good job of communicating what the player should be doing. Um, which I, I would say is probably an issue with another game of my, like a favorite game of mine is Castlevania 64 is a game that I feel like doesn't communicate what you should be doing until you actually do. It and you're like, Oh, that's what I was supposed to be doing. So I don't think that's necessarily like a game killer. Um, but, but I do think it, it can be bad design. Um, but then also a part of it was also that, uh, uh, people, I had actually a surprising number of people. I think it was like seven people in the stream chat at once at one point. And which is very, very, a very large amount for me. I usually only have like one or two people in there at a time. Um, but, uh, I was getting tips from people in there and I feel like, I feel like it, it kind of goes either way where sometimes the tips are very helpful. Other times the tips just really confuse me. There's like a boss fight where you have to like shoot this lady. And so when you shoot her, she like falls back and like falls out of sight and you have to like and the whole the ultimate goal is to climb out of this hole um so i was just like oh well i guess when i shoot her and she gets like she gets knocked back i'm supposed to climb out of this hole um because someone in the chat said like hey shoot them until they fall back and then and then you're or fall down is what they said i think is what they called it so i was just like oh okay well I, yeah i'll shoot until they fall down backwards um and and then climb out and that just wasn't working and so i don't know if i would have came to that conclusion if i didn't have somebody in chat telling me to shoot them till they fall down or at least i probably wouldn't have been so committed to that conclusion for a while um so yeah i probably just need to work on like that was the first time i really had a lot of people in chat and a lot of people in chat who knew what they were doing with the game. Um, so that was probably the first time I, I've ever had to really deal with that. And I think I maybe was a bit too attentive to what people wanted me to do in chat. At some point, I just like started doing some stuff just like basically word for word for what was being requested in the chat, basically. And I probably shouldn't do that. But hey, learning, that's that's the whole thing. Like a lot of this stuff, hey, podcasts is uh is for me largely a learning process of how to talk better because i i'm pretty bad at talking off the cuff usually at least that's how i feel so things like the podcast things like streaming um are usually like personal personal like hey i want to be better at this thing kind of thing so that's going to be a learning process in streaming so uh, hopefully hopefully going forward i i'm a little better with like balancing out you know what i should commit to in chat but uh i think the smaller number of people also makes it feel like you have to like commit sometimes like you don't want to be rude to the person and be like i'm not going to actually do what you're telling me to do i guess um but yeah and then, other than that, oh, you know what, what? What did happen actually? I I don't think 
I can't remember. I don't think the podcast had happened by the point this happened. So hopefully I'm not re retreading the same ground. Uh, but bringing back the first kiss story talk. <laughs> um, um, so I actually uh, got a PCM running with a Japanese Windows 95 OS. And, uh, and I was able to install, uh, I think, all of the first kiss story mini games from those desktop accessory discs i have so so it's it's really interesting to poke around those discs because um because there's actually a lot more on them than i thought in some ways in some ways it's it, i mean they're still desktop accessory discs so they're basically just like a bunch of pictures and then a couple mini games so it's not like more content in that way but like um for example uh there's this game called uh i think it's called let's go bingo or or let's bingo or something like that i i can't remember the exact name but it's first kiss story uh quote bingo game it's actually tic-tac-toe and it's actually a really interesting version of tic-tac-toe let's actually talk about bingo real quick or or, t- or whatever it's called i it's i don't know what to call it because it's not bingo but the title like the title of it is bingo <laughs> um but basically this is an interesting version of, of tic-tac-toe where it's like um uh uh, each player has three pieces, so they put down their, the, you know, a character, but that represents, you know, your circles and crosses and, um, or X's or whatever it is. Um, and so you, you play a normal game of tic-tac-toe or you start putting stuff down and, uh, and then once you've put down your third piece, it actually locks that third piece in, in, um, in its place and then you can't put down any more pieces. So your next move is that you actually pick up one of your first two pieces and move it. So I think this is like a really fascinating way to do this kind of game. And maybe this is like a, a, a known way to play this game. This is the first time I've ever seen it. So so maybe maybe it's already well known that this thing exists or this type of, of tic-tac-toe exists. But I think it's like a really smart way to to like prevent the, the draws that happen in tic-tac-toe all the time. Because I feel like every tic-tac-toe game ends in a draw or, or something like that. But basically, um, uh, basically the, uh, uh, my brain, sorry. Uh, it, it just basically prevents or pre- it forces you to move your pieces. And then, uh, and then, so it becomes a lot more challenging because you have to think about, you know, where you need to move to win. And also like when you're moving something, what you're opening up. And once you move that next piece, it unlocks the third piece you had put down and then locks the new piece that you had put down. And it basically does that over and over again. And then uh, you can set time limits. So, so it's like, oh, you only have three seconds to make a decision. So, so it's, it's, it's very intense. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't run great in PCM for me, at least, you know, using my processor. Apparently, PCM is a very processor-heavy emulator, and I don't have a great processor. It's an i7, but it's an old one. I'd have to look up the exact act like hardware, but it's 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 a pretty old i7 at this point. So if, if when I the first thing I'm probably gonna replace my PC over time is probably the actual um uh processor, but but yeah, so so I ended up playing a lot of games that didn't have a time limit because uh, with how chunky it was running within the PCM, it was just really hard to properly play the game uh, without you know without going over the time limit just because it was so it could be unresponsive and chunky and, and all that stuff. Um, there's also a card game in there. Oh, so so the the point with the bingo is that uh when you load it up, there's actually loading screens on there, and there are a bunch of like sketches and like manga panel looking things of Hunex Fighters '98, which if you don't know, Hunex Fighters '98 is the fighting game that's 
that's within First Kiss story that I've been talking about for way too long. Um, and so there's actually like a bunch of like manga panels and or or something that looks like that in in the loading screens for Phoenix Fighters '98. And those those, as far as I can tell, those images can't be accessed just from pulling files from the disc. It's like a part of the program. Uh, I think I found maybe the file that they're a part of, but they're not like in a readable state for me to look at. So 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 I was basically just loading the game over and over and over again to see what all these different like manga panels were. It's it's really cute and and funny. It's like it's if like. The PC, and and just roll into it, I played the PC version of Hunex Fighters 98 version 2, and there's just, like, aesthetically a lot more art to it. Like, like the, the core gameplay is pretty much unchanged for the most part. There's, I think there's some changes to how knockback works during the fights, but uh, it just basically adds in a lot of uh, pre-battle art, post-battle art, and then also, like, art that appears during super combos, so so the character will, like, show up on screen in the background, and if you kill somebody with a super combo, they get their own, like, character art that comes across, the enemy gets their own character art that comes across the stream uh, showing them getting knocked out, basically. Um, and there's just like a lot, like um, there's a separate team battle mode, which doesn't really make any sense why team battle exists, but uh, but uh, it, it has like its own character selection art as well. It's just a ton of art in this game, uh, and so I was really surprised to see Let's Go Bingo uh, also have that stuff. But the, the characters in this one are a lot more deviant. Like there there is a a a look to the original Hunex Fighters on the PCFX that uh um kind of is goofy and and they're they are kind of the characters are kind of like somewhat cruel to each other maybe not maybe not for sure it's like it's it's pretty typical like win lose faces one character's over in the corner smiling and the other character like looks beat up or or something but in 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 unix fighters 98 version 2 it's like the two characters actively interacting with each other and just like being jerks to each other and and they make like the foulest faces at each other and stuff it's it's pretty great considering two of those characters in there are pretty reserved characters in their their original games so so yeah that was pretty fun uh punix fighters 98 actually runs pretty well it's mainly just this our version 2 actually runs pretty well in there it's mainly just the sound that i'm having problems with it's just kind of the sound kind of gets a little weird and sometimes the gameplay slows down a little bit um, and then there's a card game in there, uh, and on, I think on the first, uh, desktop accessory disc I have, and that thing right now, I haven't put a lot of time into it, but it seems like it's probably pretty impenetrable. It's like a card battling game and I don't understand the rules at all. And they, you know, all the cards have a lot of text on them and stuff. And, you know, being in Japanese, I don't know what any of that text says. Uh, there's also a bug in when I'm running it through PCM where, uh, the cards don't properly load sometimes when it goes into the battle screen. So I have no idea what cards are on, or on the, uh, the deck screen. So I have no idea what cards are in my hand. You can look at them by highlighting them, but it's just, it's just hard. Cause like, you don't know where cards are on the screen or at least, you know, not having played it enough. I don't know where the cards are particularly laid out. So so yeah, that was a that was a fun process. Uh, I think I am going to try to set up a VBox still with like a Windows 98 image just to see if I get better results that way. Because I think in the end, I've already written it, so I guess in the end, I I know for mostly sure at this point, I'm gonna make a Hunex Fighters 98 video uh, that talks about Hunex Fighters 98 and Hunex Fighters 98 version two. Um, and then probably talk a little bit about Hunex in there as well. It's, that's the hard part is that like, I think most people care about Hunex or care about this fighting game because it's on the PCFX and is the only, you know, traditional fighting game on the PCFX. And I think normally people wouldn't care, uh, about, about like who, who Hunex is. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what the English speaking audience feels about Hunex. Um, 
But I I think for me, what makes Hunex Fighters 98 interesting is the time period in Hunex's history it kind of takes place in and kind of what sort of brands are represented within Hunex Fighters 98 and what was kind of going on around that era in addition to the, to you know, their original games. And also, you know, Blue Breaker saw all those fighting game spinoffs. They got ported, like, to two different consoles after the PCFX. And then, like, Private Idol was getting its own OVA series. So I, I think they're... If, if it wasn't just, like, a financial, like, hey, all these series are doing really well for us, it does feel like a really special time for that that company who, who for the most part, if you look at their history, is kind of do the job, get it done, and move on. And it's, like, simple series games, licensed games, ports of visual novels, things like that. So... So I think I think that era in particular might be maybe the most like maybe the most representative, I guess, of what you would say with like Qnex's golden years could have been maybe. And and I really feel like there may have been like a lot of passion around those projects at the time. Um, so I kind of just spoiled to you what I was going to say in the video. But hey, videos. We'll see when it's re when it's ready. Uh, definitely. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not making having a video ready by the end of this month. As I keep saying, uh, Castlevania 64 script, I decided to jumble it all up again. So, I mean, the t I think all the text is there. I just don't know what order I want to talk about it in. Um, so, and I think I might, I might add some, a little bit more to the actual script that's more personal personal commentary on the game. Um, um, so, I might try to do that to kind of add a little bit more of, of me in that script, too. So, still working on it. It's still a hard script. Sorry it's taken so long, but it, it's it's a very important game to me, and I want to make sure I, I represent it accurately. So, you know, making sure I don't inflate expectations of that game because it has its problems, uh, but not also, you know, demeaning the game because of those problems. Like, I, I there's a lot of great, great things about Castlevania 64. And then I think, you know, what's hard is that, you know, those two things kind of balance each other other out in some ways and so i really think part of it the script needs to be me being like hey this game this is why i like this game like to, to add that extra layer on top that's like this is what makes this game special to me at least so so yeah it's a challenge it's been a big challenge um but but i'll keep pushing through keep trying my best and we'll see how it goes other than that that should be it Oh, return to, new story. Return to Vanadeel campaign is here. So if you're a Final Fantasy XI fan, get in on your free Final Fantasy XI. I don't think I'll play it, but I'm always tempted. Always tempted to jump back into Final Fantasy XI. It's probably a mistake every time. Uh, so yeah, like I said earlier, there's a weekend quick hits post that went up on 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 Wednesday or, or sorry Sunday. So go ahead and go look at that. Last week I had a two extreme quick play show up. The PS1 game, Too Extreme. So uh, that's there. Gonna go ahead and try to get another quick play done this week, and I have not recorded it yet, so I haven't. No I don't know for sure what it's gonna be, but I feel pretty confident it should be up. Quick plays are gonna go up on Wednesday, I think, typically. So, so if you want, if you want a quick play, keep an eye out on the YouTube channel on Wednesday. Should be going up at the usual time, 9 a.m. in the morning, Pacific time. That should be it. And then uh, more Resident Evil 7 on the stream on Thursday. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. So thank you again so much for your time. And I hope you have a great week. Bye. OneControllerReport.com is the website. Bye.